When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Independent Waters. I am your host, Mikey Manfredi, and joining me, not as always, are two very special guests. Uh, of course, we are we are starting off with our collective weekend review here at Independent Waters, the first of the bunch. And I, Mikey Manfredi, am joined by none other uh, than Sean Taggart from Pure here on the Canada Network. Hello, everyone. Uh, happy to be here. Excited to be here. And of course, Lauren Rosenberg from Your Dose of Death, also from the Canada Network. Lauren, how you doing? I am Gucci, you know, it is another day in the life, I cannot complain. Yeah, and we are going to be talking about a couple of shows today. We are going to be talking about Planet Death from The Collective, and we are going to be talking about BLP Norm. Uh, two shows that were both pretty good, both late time slots. <laughs> two shows that got the unfortunate time slots, but... I think both delivered nonetheless in their own ways. Um, why don't we get right into it? Which one do we want to talk about first, gentlemen? I know we we but we all we all watched both both shows. Yes. So what do we what do we want to get into first here? What do we want to? I guess we'll into? go by like chronological. Yeah, chronological. So probably Planet Death first. So let's uh, start with yeah. Let's start off with Planet Death. So we got quite the card for Planet Death here. We got. Uh, in no particular order, because I can't find... For some reason, I can't find a website that has the card in the correct order. Uh, we got Sadika versus... Sadika taking on Jimmy Lloyd. Hoodfoot versus Madman Pondo. Shane Mercer versus Neil Diamond Cutter. Sawyer Wreck versus Brandon Kirk. Cole Radrick versus Akira. And Slade versus Bam Sullivan. Is there any... any you literally matches? just read that in, like, the opposite or from main event to opener. Did I? I don't know. I literally, yeah, yeah. it's literally just like the website in front of me has no, it in this order. You just read that. Like, yeah, it was I just read it backwards. Order. Incredible. Yeah. 
You well, build the space-time continuum, Mikey. Okay? Oh, I'm, I'm just a god. It's just, listen, it just comes natural, all right? Mm. Uh, so, obviously, we're not going to go into detail about all these matches because we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. Uh, I, do, I do want to get your guys' general opinions on Planet Death, though. And, like, anything that stood out to you particularly. Warren, I'll let you go first. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I've Mr. Had, YDOD, uh, Mr. Deathmatch I've, Podcast, start us off. Uh, I've had a lot on my mind with this show because as I've been telling Sean, as I've been telling everyone, in Countout, I kind of consider the show the quintessential tryout of the GCW Deathmatch division due to some internal movements. I'm not going to say what. There have been some openings, per se, of guys who can do death matches for game changer wrestling which again to me is the biggest platform you can do a death match on right mm-hmm. now so this is kind of like a quintessential trial of sorts and the thing that kind of stood out to me is some passed with flying colors but some also failed and i'm just being brutally honest because there were some matches on this card where you're just like why is this happening what's the reason for this happening and some of these matches just crashed and burned. Mm -hmm. But there were some matches on here that if you're like, okay, if you're thinking about a death match match of the year, I can at least confidently name three matches on this card that would be in the conversation. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, I was on, I will say I was going into this, ma- going into this paper, going into this pay-per-view, I guess I'm just going to call it cause it's easiest. I was unaware of, all the stipulations of each match. I had no idea. And then when they started announcing them, I was like, man, Deathmatch Wrestling has some of the funniest match names. And and they're all they're all like so wild. Like thumbtack kick pad light tube deathmatch. Everything you need to know is right there. You it's see like... nothing until you go to Japan and see the, the names of Stiff Snare. It's like they take the stiff names and like put on steroids. It's it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Boards of fuckery is also very good. That's a that's a good one, I agree. Uh so uh Sean, what yeah. did you think about Planet Death? I think this was the perfect show for the time slot. I mm-hmm. think a show like this, you know, you get out the ghouls and ghosts that want to see something like this. It's not for everyone. And I think, obviously, this is also a great introduction for people who don't really want to get into the genre, the genre full on. This is a great way to dip their toe in it because not only are you getting it from the best United States promotion that does it, but you're getting to see some guys that maybe you don't normally see in a GCW ring. A Brandon Kirk, Sawyer Rec was somebody that I did not expect to see in the GCW ring. Finally getting to see Neil Diamond Cutter in a GCW ring was excellent. Uh, Shane Mercer getting another crack at a death match. You know, there was a lot of good people in this event, um, and it was a perfect time. It was less than two hours. It moved. Um, but I think this is a perfect time slot for a show like this. I agree. I think when you said the show moved and it was under two hours, I think that was a a very good idea. Yeah. Uh, keeping the show moving because this, it started at midnight uh, in Central Standard Time, uh, and it, for us that for for at least me and Sean that was like mm-hmm. one a.m. So if we wanted to stay up to watch that match, which I don't think either of us did, uh, uh, I think it would have been it would have been nice to know that it wouldn't keep me up super super late, you know. Right. Uh, and I think it running very efficiently is was a good move. Uh, we'll get into we'll get into a, a, the other pay per view that didn't, <laughs> that was a little longer, a little later. But yeah. uh, 
Yeah, but I agree with you. I like the... Uh, I am one of the, the the people you were describing where it's like casual deathmatch fans. I'm in that spectrum, 100%. I'm not like you or Lauren who are both like hardcore in the deathmatch scene sure. and really, really love deathmatches. I am more of the casual deathmatch fan. I will only really watch a lot of deathmatch events when there's stuff like this. Uh, because for me, it's just the most easily digestible, I guess. Uh, and also, I can't watch deathmatches all the time, I figured out. I was watching, like, one or two deathmatches in a card I can handle, but, like, when the whole card is deathmatches, I found myself getting squeamish at some of the points. Uh, especially with, like, the slower spots, like, where they're doing, like, where they're slowly and methodically, like, bopping gusset plates into each other's heads. Ugh. Like, no thanks. No thanks. I don't thank think you. anyone can handle like, a gusset plate spot. Uh, yeah, I that's fair. I mean, like, a lot of, like, the big slams and stuff, like, the big slams through, like, a lot of stuff, I'm like, yeah, that rules! But, like, when it gets to, like, this slow, methodical, like, po- like pain parts, or, mm. like, uh, uh, fucking, like, G-Raver with the, the tattoo needles in the, like, in between uh, the fingers. No, yeah. that's not for me. That is not for me. Like, stuff like that, I can't, you know? Uh, but... I, w- I will say I am glad it exists. I'm glad Deathmatch Wrestling exists because there are people like you guys who love it to death. And there are people like the like the people in this ring who will who love it. And uh, the fact that we were, a- we were able to get Planet Death every year as a little love story to the hardcore fans is uh, really cool, I think. Uh, and I and like I definitely had some new names that I w- w- am now interested in checking out. Like you said before, Sawyer Wreck. Never heard of her until just until this event, and I was super high on Sawyer Wreck after this. Uh, I want to check out more Bam Bam Pondo stuff. That's for sure. Uh, of course, got to check out more Bam Sullivan stuff uh, <laughs> with Clutch Your Nuts. Clutch <laughs> <laughs> Your Nuts, uh, baby. Any so with all that out of the way, I want it. What were some highlights and some lowlights of this pay-per-view, do you guys think? Um, Oh, you can go ahead, Sean. Yeah, I I think one of the highlights um, was definitely Akira finally having a match in a proper ring, a proper death match with somebody like a Cole Roderick who is dipping his toe back into it. I think, you know, he had that opportunity uh, during the first weekend of GCW shows uh, when Cologne had to pull out and he stepped in to face a horn fight and he mm-hmm. hit a home run. I think him and uh, Akira hit another home run. Uh, I th- I yeah, I like this match a lot. You're right. This was my match in the night and I'm pretty sure it was Lawrence too. Yeah, it, it hands down was for sure. Um, I think... The thing with Akira's trajectory in GCW has been, like, a wave of emotions, <laughs> to say the least. Like, I mean, he... There was a little mire of controversy come last June, not being in TOS, but survived that storm. He ended up coming back. He debuted to during um, home or Fight Club Weekend, where he was probably the most over guy in a six-man tag, which was shocking to me. Then challenges Cologne to NGI, debuts again in the deathmatch division at NGI to probably being there myself, probably like one of the more over guys in that tournament, to then having a bit of a down. The G Raver match was a 20 plus minutes of catastrophe with a tripod ladder that should have never been used in the first place, let that ladder die and wither somewhere in a corner in the showboat to 
now kind of coming back to GCW with this new opportunity to give Cole something to work with and does so with flying colors. Um, the stip was perfect. The, the, thumb dead, the thumbtack kick pad light tube patch. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and they're, they're using light tubes in more innovative ways than, than I've seen a good 90% of deathmatch guys using right mm-hmm. now. There was a lot of cool light tube spots in this match, I'll give you that. That was... There was a lot of creative ways that made uh, that made me squeal. The squeal. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> uh, but a it, lot of, what, was this the match with the spot where he put the light tube in his mouth and then just like pulled it backwards? Or am I thinking of something else? I think so. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I didn't know this. Like, Kira was eating light tubes during yeah. this match. So. And uh, Cole was uh, cutting himself across the chest with light tubes uh, again. I don't get it, man. Like, so, I, oh, man. I'll explain this because. Sean, you know well. Mm-hmm. Um, both Cole and Akira knew Adam Bueller really well, who passed away during COVID. Mm-hmm. And that was one of Adam Bueller's staples, was the that and Jukasai from Japan. That was like their big thing, was doing the light tube across the chest. So gotcha. that was Cole Radrick's best imitation of Adam Bueller, who he knew very well. Okay. Okay. That is cool. I do like that a lot. I like that a lot more now and less of like. But he's like, why is he doing that? Why is he cutting himself? Stop yeah, it. Yeah, it's people don't, they see that and they're like, oh, why did he do that? I'm like, oh, Adam Bueller did it first. <laughs> I also don't get when they like break the light tubes over their head. It's like, what are you trying to prove? You're in a death match already. <laughs> That's a big thing over in Japan to show respect to the wrestler. The ba- oh, bash a light tube. Yeah, it's, it's a sign of respect. Wow, there's a lot of things I'm learning today, thanks to you two. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're the you're the guests on this one for Planet Death because I I I am learning so many new things and I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, what what else? Uh, so Cole Radrick Akira was a highlight um, for both of you, obviously. What what are we? What else were some highlights? Another high. So like, the, I just want to kind of put this out there, like the the trajectory of the show. So Slade Bam was a serviceable Taipei Taipei Death Match. Like we've seen Taipei Death Matches done mm-hmm. everywhere. It's the mm-hmm. step that got over first in America if you look back to ECW. So like I remember it from TOS six six six. That's where yes. I remember the, that, that's where I that's where um, I saw my first Taipei with the with the glass yes. on the, the knuckles. I, that's, mean, I didn't I didn't know that was a thing before that. Like it's it's been done and it's 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 been replicated fifty bazillion times to this point because it's simple to do. It's just the uh glass on the tape knuckles mm-hmm. and all that. Like this was a service a little gorilla because, glue. Yeah, oh, yeah. A nice little glue gun, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, so, like, Bam versus Slade was good because it had a story to it, which mm-hmm. is which sometimes goes neglected. But really, the the most interesting part of this show is, like, if you talk about shows that had a second gear, the second gear came after the opener, and the next three matches were really the best matches on this show. Mm-hmm. And I was like... You really hit a second gear here with these three matches. And I kind of wish these three with like Akira Cole, Neil Diamond Cutter, Shane Mercer, and Sawyer Rick Van Kirk were all like near the end of the show. Cause then you'd really leave everyone satisfied. Like, oh, we yeah. really got a great momentum here. But they started kind of, hot. They start really hot. And I'm like, wow, like three matches in a row where I could be like, crap this is awesome mm-hmm. and i mean kind of the transition to a low point hoodfoot versus man, man pondo was a whole lot of meh 
Yeah, it it uh, was. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, I was watching it, and I found myself like, kind of being like, can we just end it? Can we just wrap it up? Like, yeah, like that's what I was like. Are we still going with this? It just the I, I mind you, this was a rematch. I mean, Hondo kind of got hooked on the map for me and Sean's sake with the uh, back in Michigan back in October. I mean, the guy was all over the place like oh my god he bleeds so well this and that but now that Hoodfoot's become a more refined deathmatch wrestler over the months a match with Pondo doesn't make as much sense anymore if you Mm -hmm. get what I mean right and this match was originally going to be Hoodfoot versus Reed Bentley um obviously Reed uh had a pull out due to you know work situation Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean Hoodfoot is probably beyond the beginner's guide to deathmatch wrestling. And a hood, uh, a Madman Pondo match is a great way to get yourself your toes wet. Um, and, and this stage of where Hoodfoot is, and a lot of it has to do with his recent GCW deathmatches, especially the one against Tremont, where he pretty much proved to everyone out there that he deserved to be there. Um, and in the GCW deathmatch division, like, Honestly, if you look at the way that TOS is shaping up, this could be a very stacked TOS 7, mm-hmm. um, just based on some of the names that we're going to be seeing in there. I, I I feel as if, too, like if people are expecting the thick blood from Hoodfoot, but he's more of a bleeder now. So it's not, you know, that thick crimson mask over his face as what we saw when he first started. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's that. But to go back to a high point real quick, I mean, I've watched Sawyer Wreck in No Peace Underground in the No Ring Deathmatch scene. To see her perform and perf- given the spotlight against a guy like Brandon Kirk, who is known more for like the battering ram, you just throw him around, you just beat the shit out of him, and mm-hmm. he sells like a million bucks. He sold like a million bucks for Sawyer and made her look like a star that night. Yeah. Uh, at, yeah, he at the uh, an image I'm always gonna remember from this collective is Sawyer Rack getting her hands raised with the two dollars stapled in her head. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. The, um, the, the the dollars that Brandon Kirk stole out of the ref's pocket. <laughs> no, so I've been super high on Sawyer as well. I mean, yeah, as Sean said, a lot of us watched her kind of grow in No Peace. She's been there for a while, and again, I think No Peace gets flack because it's a no ring promotion. They kind of started the whole no ring deathmatch craze uh-huh. and it's kind of skyrocketed in 2022 but the good chunk of people who worked at no peace you see them out working the rings elsewhere and sawyer's a really good testament to that and again i mean she's tall she's intimidating she can do almost universally anything it's crazy how good she's gotten and i mean this is a very slow, methodical paced match. It was mm-hmm. not like your super junior heavyweight death match. It was like And this is this is where I figured know. out that I was like, oh, the slow spots are what gets me. Like because of <laughs> no, because this match was slower and more methodical paced and less like gusset plates, crazy slam spots. The like, gusset plates on the arms. That I've seen them on the head. I've seen yikes. them on the back, but on the arm. Brandon Kirk is a trooper. Yikes. For taking this. Dude, I I had no idea what... Uh, honestly, before death matches, I had no idea what the hell a gusset plate was. And I looked one up and I was like, that's what's going into their arm? Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's what they're just hammering into each other? 
God, man. It is wild, the pain um, tolerance these people have. Yeah, and um, yeah. just another high I want to put out. Um, someone who has become a very good friend of mine, Neil Diamondcutter, mm-hmm. getting his, first of all, to put, put it in perspective, he was supposed to be debuting with old-timer Jeff King at um, Detroit NGI weekend against Alex Cologne and Cicada, but Neil had a injury as well as Jeff King, so the two of them got withdrawn from the show, and mm-hmm. um, I was really bummed because I was like, Neil's been working so hard to get to this kind of point. He, I mean, he's, as MLJ announced, the original prince of the death match. He won 2021 in St. 8 last year. I was proud enough to be there. And now being here at GCW against a guy who he's very familiar with in Shane Mercer, put on a great match, a great first time. If you've never seen Neil Diamond Cutter, a very good like first timer match with Shane Mercer. I mean, Mercer, there's not much else you can say about him. He's basically he, he's Shane a Mercer. Super he's going to throw you around and carry you up a ladder. Uh, the fact that he just like put him on his shoulders and just like, do 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 do. Just strolled up a ladder. No, it's like Shane. Like he, Shane Mercer is not a human being. Shane Mercer is not a real person. And remember, Shane Mercer is that dude that carried a whole bleacher on his back. Yeah, a couple was, years ago. It, right. It, yeah. In Summit Park, he carried a whole set of bleachers against Jake Atlas and a bunch of other people. And what the um, fucking crazy. I remember. Guy. I remember seeing that clip through a friend of mine, and I'm like, that, "That's got to be gimmicks." I thought it was BS. I thought it was. Um, and they're like, no, no he's, he's just that big. He's just that strong. If you've ever met him, that's a guy I've met in person where I'm like, okay, he's the real deal. It's not BS or gimmicks. Like, he legit is an Olympic-level power lifter. Right. And I think that's it was a good wild. introduction for Neil, too. Neil is a very good underdog coming back from behind wrestler. And I think putting him in the ring with Shane, who just will ragdoll him around... Yeah. You know, this was a good showing for Neil and a well-deserved showing for Neil who, you know, for a while was forgotten about. Let's mm-hmm. let's be real, like people yeah. forgot about him and then he had that resurgent uh during COVID year um the, with ICW and, and the ICW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's make he's redefining himself and refining his career and it's paid dividends. Yeah, very? I was um very happy with that. I mean, it takes two to tango, they say, in professional wrestling. And I mean, for as good as Shane Mercer is, Neil Diamond is a great dance partner in himself. And also, who doesn't love Sweet Caroline at like that was past so midnight? Good. It's it's like I said it to a friend. I was like, you're at the bar past midnight, but there's glass flying around, and you're hearing Sweet Caroline oh, in the VA system. I feel like a lot of like watching uh, this is this is for later in the week but watching like also the clusterfuck uh it made me realize that a lot of gcw wrestlers like theme songs are just like straight off the playlist uh songs that make white people go crazy <laughs> <laughs> i mean true i'm yeah, not gonna lie yeah i'm not yeah. gonna lie there either uh and it's all very good i was actually jamming to uh i found a playlist on spotify that's just a bunch of gcw theme songs and i was jamming oh to it. i think i saw that playlist somewhere i gotta look that up again there was two one of them didn't have goodbye yellow brick road and i was like this playlist is garbage this is not a real playlist <laughs> no. get this out of here <laughs> but it, it's it, it's a good playlist it has a lot of it, it has the classics um, you know i do want to go to a low point 
And I, I yeah, mean, I was gonna. I was actually about to transition because we were talking a lot of. We were talking very highly about this show. So I was actually about to transition into some of the lower. points. A low point that I had, and I think Sean can agree with me, is every time I see a Jimmy Lloyd GCW main event, and I mean no disrespect to Jimmy, half the time I feel uninspired. I are you feel trying uninspired. to fuck with? Are you trying to fuck with a different boy? I'm not trying right to fuck now, with her business. It's just. <laughs> One, Jimmy's like my sacrificial lamb of death match. He's usually in there to put someone else over. Or, like, if he wins, it's to advance a story, but it's very rare. So mm-hmm. he's making everyone else look good. But he's okay. making Sadika, of all people, Sadika, try to look good. Which, by the way, okay, I, I, I lost any if zero interest in Sadika. I would say, I am going to need some background on Sadika. Because I knew I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. I knew nothing about Sadika going. Um, into she's a coked one... up bear. <laughs> all right, that's, John... all, that's all I needed. Great. Oh, yeah, that's John Wayne Murdoch. Yeah, John that's Wayne Murdoch his... coined the term after working her several times. Where one, we should mention that she has been notorious for injuring her opponents. Two. Oh. Yeah, she's, like, notoriously, like, shot at her opponents, and it's, like, this whole mystique of, like, oh, be aware of Sadiqa, where in America, it's just kind of, like, You're it's, being hard a to like <laughs> it's hard yeah. to replicate that mystique in America, because everyone's, like... like Stop injuring edge. people. Yeah, and it's, she's just done some things where it's just bizarre, and her run in GCW has been a roller coaster. It's been bizarre. To say the least. I mean... Uh, the Schlack match where she asks for a translator and is like, I want a rematch with Schlack. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. And then, like, Schlack's like, screw this. I'm leaving. She is Deathmatch Hogan. Like, <laughs> she must get the last say. She must pose regardless if she wins or loses. She must have the final word in everything. Um, I've noticed, especially with her GCW run, like, um, it's it's a very weird run, weird run. This started, I think, some of the injuries creeping up back on Gage after he had a brutal oh, death yeah. match with her up in Houston last year. Uh-huh. Um, and then she that had, was rough. Then she had the Schlack match, which was crazy and a little absurd at the same time. And then you go into this match, and I mean she does what she wants and it, uh-huh. it kind of takes away and it, t- it took Jimmy out of this match because he didn't know how to contain and control her uh-huh. at points because she's and just doing what she needs to do. I think the ironic part is like her and Jimmy worked together before, but it wasn't like a steel cage match with like two other people. But again, it's, it's easy it's, to kind of like do whatever, right? Because it's, it's a cluster. It's, it's a, I, it's a fuck, fuckery anyway. It's like this, this is the best way to kind of describe it. It's like, I don't think she really knows the cues of working with American wrestlers, even mm. though she's been here. She's done at least a dozen plus matches in the States now. And gotcha. again, coming from Mexico, coming from Zona 23, she had this whole mystique about her. Like, oh yeah, she goes crazy. She does all this nuts stuff. She's like ddt someone through a car, the car's like front window or whatever, because Zona 23. And it's like, now it's like the mystique is absolutely weared off, and yeah. I just do not care to see her in a GCW ring again. I'm just sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. Like, like this, like this weekend being my only exposure to Sadika. I think I saw her twice this weekend. I I, I watched. Uh, watch uh, War the Lucha. War the Lucha. Yeah. 
Uh, I I didn't get the hype. Like I was just um, like, oh, it's just fine. Like that it's match not, uh, against Pagano is also peak Sadika. Yeah, <laughs> and I will say this: like that match showed Pagano was leagues above her. Mm-hmm. Like Pagano understands how to work the deathmatch style, and yet and yet I kind of wish Pagano was on Planet Death instead of Sadika. Because at least Pagano, we could get some awesome matches out of him. I love Pagano. I think he deserves a lot more respect. But I mean, I know Sadika has the Texas crowd behind her and she gets over and the crowd loves it. But it's like, if you actually sit down and watch her wrestling without even listening to crowd reactions, it's like, what am I watching here? Is it just like some shoot fight with glass? Yeah, it seemed kind of, I, I feel like I was underwhelmed. I guess because I didn't know like the mystique of the history behind Sadika, so I was kind of going in blind. And since I went in blind, I was like, it. Her match just kind of fell flat for me this week yeah. I, or this weekend, I guess. Yeah, they fell flat for me too. I mean, the Jimmy match, I feel right off the bat, just didn't have cohesion. And like, like I said, it could be it could be the language barrier. It just could just be. Sadika wanting to do what she wanted, and Jimmy just, like I said, didn't know how to rein her in. And the, just there, there was there was nobody nobody was being the ring general in that match. They were no, kind of both nope. just doing right, right. And that and it just does not equate to a match worth. Sure, you can watch it one time for the sake of watching it, but it's like you're not going to sit there and be like, "Oh, this is something I'm going to go back and watch." This is just. Again, with Jimmy, I love Jimmy. He he does his job in GCW, but this was one of those matches where I just left my I left uninspired. I was like, uh. I am just excited for the day Jimmy Lloyd gets his flowers in AEW. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what that is. Uh, all right. I I any anything else on Planet Death? I think um, we're good. I, I think we talked about a lot. Yeah, just kind of an end note, really. I mean. Again, for me, this was a quintessential GCW Deathmatch tryout, as we've kind of already discussed. This was some passed, some failed, some kind of were in the middle, and some could have, some would have benefited from other opponents, uh-huh. I think, is really. Um, I do want to see Sawyer Wreck back in the GCW ring. I think she, I think her and Masha Slamovich in a Deathmatch, which me and Sean have seen Masha do them before, I think those two could rekindle their rivalry in GCW, and I think no one would be disappointed in that. Uh-huh. Um, and then I mean I want to see Neil again in GCW, and I think I think Cole Radrick his trajectory has absolutely skyrocketed after this weekend. Not even just I agree doing death matches, but just in general, Cole Radrick is a name to keep an eye on. I think I hope the collective as a general was kind of a coming out party for him. Yeah, I think I, after Cole after Cole and Kira's match, my first thought was I cannot wait to see what Cole does next. That was like literally the first thing I thought. Uh, I can't wait to see where he goes from here. Uh, Sean, any last thoughts on uh, Planet Death before we give it the uh, old Indie Waters rating, since this is still Independent Waters and we do need sure. to give it the old Miss Out Met or Mark Out rating? Sure, I will say uh, gr- great pacing. I-, I think it helped with having, you know, not too over-the-top stipulation so they could just clean up and bring out for the next. So they really paced the show well. I think you saw a lot of standout moments from Sawyer Rec, from even Brandon Kirk in terms of his selling ability for Sawyer. Um, and then obviously, you know, what's there not to love about Akira and Cole Raddick. Um, you know, definitely some low points too. 
I, I feel like some some misses definitely in the final two matches of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that middle third was something really else. good. All right, so uh, if we could if we could give this uh, whole pay per view a rating, what would you give it a rating based on the uh, independent water scale? Can, you, can we get a reclarification on the scale it's, again? Just miss out, bad, terrible, don't watch it. Matt, uh-huh. good, not bad. You should go check it out. Mark out, fucking amazing, awesome, thrilling, ten out of ten, six stars. You know that that. Uh, but me and me and Zach have been doing kind of like also high meh and low meh between like. It being, like, yeah. okay, but on the better side, and okay, but on the worst side, you know? I'd say a high, man. I think it's definitely a show to definitely... The first four matches definitely were serviceable. And, I mean, again, the opener, it's a Taipei death match. It's been done, and this one had a story to it, which, again, is sometimes hard to come by. But um, that those three matches, I mean, it's that one, two, three, I mean, it's, it's, can't, it's can't miss stuff, so... You want to get your deathmatch fixed in for the for WrestleMania weekend, and you want to actually see what Planned Death's all about. I mean, it's definitely a high mat. Sean, I'll go with a high mat too. It's a great introduction to deathmatch for those who aren't heavily, you know, in the deathmatch scene or watching a lot of deathmatch. I think it's a good starting point if people are curious. I am on the same boat as you two. I enjoyed the show very much, and I really liked it, and it kept my interest the whole time. Uh, like, I, there was some low points, but hey. Uh, some not not everything can be a banger all the time, right? So like sometimes you you just kind of understand. And yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the high man on this one too. Definitely worth checking out uh, the whole show. Uh, and you know some some stuff isn't gonna land, and that's and that just happens sometimes. All right, so why don't we move on to the next show we all checked out, uh, which was Black Label Pro Norm. Uh, this was this was also a late show. This started at uh, one a.m. Eastern time. Uh, and it went to, it went what like two and a half two hours and forty five minutes something like that yeah two hours forty five minutes um I should confirm that Mikey of Black Little Pro did confirm the reason it was named Norm was after the late great Norm McDonald no, Norm so McDonald it, it was yeah. confirmed because people were confused but I'm like it was a Norm McDonald tribute uh-huh. okay good to good to know thank you for pointing that out <laughs> uh. Yeah, again, the card in no particular order. I might read it backwards again. Who knows? So we had a we had a singles match between the Barbarian and Calvin Tankman. Uh, Billy Billy Starks versus Shaz McKenzie. Effie versus Charlie Haas. Kobe Durst versus Jessica Troy. Big Damo versus Warhorse. The Workhorseman versus uh, versus Davy Richards and Mike Bailey. Anthony Green versus Alex Zane versus Black Torres versus Blake Christian. A six man tag match. Uh, with. Carlos Romo, Kevin Blackwood, and Tyles Alexander versus Violence is Forever and Tom Lawler. Uh, six-way scramble match between Cody Lane, Dan the Dad, Devin, uh, Devon Monroe, Jody Threat, Puff, and Shane Saber. And uh, a Texas death match between Levi Everett and Big Beef. Got it that time, I think. Yeah, yeah so did. they lost two <laughs> matches and added four. What two matches did they lose? So they lost the Workhorseman in Faces of Fear. Uh, mm-hmm. that got transferred to Work Horseman versus Davey and Speedball. Um, and then they lost PCO and Jake something for the title match. Both got injured. Uh, I think PCO during the Multiverse of Matches show for Impact. And I think uh, Jake got injured right at the Glory Pro show. I think he did, yeah. Oh, yikes. So he was out early. Um, and then they added Kobe Durst, Jessica Troy, um, and... 
There was yeah, Tyus like Alexander. I, I don't remember Tyus Alexander coming black. Oh, Ty- uh, so that was supposed to be uh, uh, Titus replaced Davy in that okay. match. It was supposed okay. to be, and then Romo replaced Matt Mikowski originally. Yes, because Mikowski's hurt. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, why don't we just go? Why don't, why don't we talk about this card a little bit? What were some? Uh, what were some stuff that stood out to you guys? So I'm just gonna say this is the wrong time slot for a Black Label Pro show. I agree. Uh, I don't think they did very well once when they were in Chicago for the second Sydney Summit with like the midday three o'clock show. Uh, I they were they also did very well in the collective uh, in 2020 when they were in Indianapolis when they had yeah so the Sunday show. that show also they had the noon show yeah uh, that think, show right? that show smacked that show was really good so I mean they're a promotion that you have to be wide awake for I think mm. like the crowd was very drained from three days and there um, wasn't a lot of them there wasn't a lot of them I mean people either were still stuck at AT and T Stadium. Or just crawling into it from AT&T Stadium. Or just sleeping because it's no been sleeping. a long weekend. Yeah. Um, so, like, that that was probably some of the biggest things against them. I would say, you know, in terms of shock factor, uh, Mikey has the ability to put on some zany matches, like a Barbarian Calvin Takeman which was, was ser- cool. serviceable. Which was serviceable based on what you're seeing from Barbarian now. He... It was a good brawl around the ring. I mean, and I'll never say no to a Calvin Tackman match, man. I won't. Yeah, never say no to that. I mean, you're you're seeing the opportunity for Calvin to probably just have a fun match, really, just let loose, and he had fun with it. I mean, mm-hmm. against a legend like Barbarian, Charlie Haas was absolutely hilarious with his. He was amazing. Oh my god, I was. The, that was a good match. Racking up the countdown with the like five, and then the yeah. one was like the double bird. And then he's like, um, stop cheering for me. Go fuck yourself. Don't cheer for me. So, and I think, you know, it was this, Effie had a straight up match. This was like serious to the point and short enough where you can get in, get out. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think where things got a little weird for the show was when they went to the tag match and then the final few matches on the card. The three, yeah. the six man. The tag. end of this, the end of the, like the end, I, I agree with you, the end of this card, I, I was watching this maybe at like five in the afternoon mm-hmm. and I was still just like, by the end of the card, I was, I was at, like, but like around the tag match, I think in the middle of the tag match, I like dozed off for a second. Like it was, sure. it was, it was, the tag um, match was just slow and like, I get it. It's their style because it's like, Violent and Forever and Tom Lawler, they're gonna be slower paced wrestlers, but like still, it just felt like it dragged on. Um, yeah, this was kind of a story of like two different halves of the show. I mean, looking at this card, I mean, Barbarian Tankman was a ton of fun. Billy Starks being a heel is still kind of weird to me, but I'm I like that. I like the Veda Scott, I like Veda Scott calling her Bully Starks. That was kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, that was yeah, pretty good. I enjoyed um, that too. I mean, it was awesome seeing Shaza back in the States, but um, Jessica Troy, I, I love Jessica Troy. Oh, seeing, really of- seeing Jessica Troy on this card was a wonderful surprise. And I had known she was in the States for me a week, and I'm like, how is she not getting all these bookings? Like, she's one of, like, the technical artists of Australian women's wrestling. She's, mm-hmm. she's one of the best-kept secrets, in my opinion, honestly. If you uh, just for the fans out there, I know YouTube probably have, but if you have not seen the series between Jessica Troy and Charlie Evans, do yourself a favor and go fucking watch it. They're Beautiful. all so good. Yes. Yeah. 
they have great matches. chemistry together. They do. And I mean, it was also very nice to see Kobe Durst, somebody that you haven't really seen since the uh, pandemic. Like man. he made an appearance uh, for freelance a, a month ago, but yes. it's nice to see him being able to come regularly, hopefully again down to the States and wrestle um, in that Indiana, Chicago, Midwest area. Um, but it was nice seeing him on this card. I will say though, like you said, it was the tale of two halves. It, I honestly, after during the middle of the workhorseman uh, speedball and Davy match, I was like, how much that's when it kind of started. Like, <laughs> and it was like still a good hour and twenty minutes left of this show. Yeah, and um, I mean, you had a good four way with like Anthony Green, Zane, Blake, and Black Taurus, which is, again shows my that was nice. That was a that was nice. Mikey's not afraid to like put out like zany matchups like that. But then, like to me, where it really started falling off was the the six man. Uh, that uh, six yeah. man, they that got so much time. I was like, I was dozing in and out. I'm like, that got so much time, and it felt like for nothing. Like there was no like wild. It felt like there was no like wild spots. They were like trying to make no. time for or like any like big crazy. It just felt like. It, it it could have been it could have been five minutes shorter and, and it would have honestly, been the exact same match. You, you think about it too, uh, and Veda mentioned on commentary. It looked like both Ku and Dom were just like not really excited about this. No, no, just I think they were tired. I mean, they came. I think they came over from or had to go over to New Texas because they were wrestling yes. over there as well yes. against Fly Def. So like they were exhausted, and I mean at the same time too. No one cared about them turning on Lawler. Yeah, that was like the uh-huh. one thing where I'm like, oh, oh, they turned on, so Team Filthy's no more. Okay. But like, we're just doing this to a, a crowd of like very few people that just. People who are no just over, over this match already and want to see yeah, it. And yeah, now they're adding another storyline to it. Like, it's over a this weekend, even. Like, most of these people yeah. were tired of this weekend, and maybe some of them had one more day left. But like, just a bad time slot. Hopefully, you know, they're they're doing that mini collective in Vegas and hopefully uh Mikey gets the big straw out of this one because mm-hmm. they can't like imagine that getting like a midnight time slot over in Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Yeah, what is that mini collective in Vegas? I did see another um, promotion doing that. I think I think PWL is part of that. No, Pro Wrestling no. Revolver. PWL is doing something in Vegas uh, soon, I remember. It's, it's Revolver, GCW, and Black Label. And uh, I believe are the future three. stars of wrestling. And future stars, so it's those four. And Revolver, I mean, that's Sammy Callahan's promotion. I, they've they've come back post-COVID, and they've looked very good at the shows they've done so far. I mean, if you see the next show they have coming up, I mean, it, it's, it looks like a hell of a, a show. Uh-huh. But, you know, we, we praise the first show a lot and we're shitting on this show. So let's talk a little bit more positive about this yeah. one, I guess. <laughs> good good call. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, let's talk let's talk some highlights of sure. Norm. Because uh, I, I don't I don't think it was all bad. No, no it, it wasn't. wasn't. Um Billy's progression as a heel, I think and I don't think it's so much of her being a heel. I just think it's her wanting to be taken more seriously now. I, um, she, that makes sense. She put it out there um, before the collective that her goal next year is to be in blood sport. Ooh. Josh Barnett saw that and said, I'll keep an eye on you, kid. 
now she's trying to do whatever it takes to get into something like a blood sport and she wants to be taken a little bit more seriously she doesn't want to be the kid anymore Mm -hmm. she wants you know she's almost she'll be 18 soon i mean like this type of thing this is important to her like she's continuing her development and i've said this on you know previous and even in conversations billy from the collective 2021 to the end of the year two totally different wrestlers mm-hmm. and even looking at her starting in 2022 she emotes better she sells better she locks up better she does all these little things better that you know I don't think she was doing well yet. I mean, obviously, she was still very young, but she's picking it up rather quickly. I feel, and I've had this discussion, I feel like, you know, a comparable wrestler to her right now in terms of female, young female wrestlers, is maybe a Sky Blue. And Uh I think, I think, you know, she's still getting it, but she has a more national stage to, like, figure it out, which is could be a detriment at times because, you know, the microscope is more severe. But Sky I Blue think... also had a banger of a match this weekend with Jamie Hader. Right? She did. Yeah, she did. But you look at it, and you look at her trajectory, Billy, it, it's nothing but up from here. And I mean, she's getting put in these situations to succeed. She's put in the ring against Diana, the last JCW show, and looked very strong against her and held her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, last BLP show, Rachel Othering. This BLP show, Shaza. And the progression of her matches and her wanting to be taken seriously, the sky's the limit for her. I mean, there's only one way to go but up for her. Not to yeah. mention her beyond match against Kimber. Yes. Um, I was going to say, I echo all the sentiment with Billy. I mean, it's it feels weird because, I mean, she's we've kind of adopted her here in the Midwest. <laughs> like, she's kind of like the new Midwest quintessential pro wrestling woman. Um because I've seen her almost everywhere, BLP, Warrior, Freelance. I see her everywhere these days. Um, but she's it's, it's, it's an improvement night and day with her. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really remarkable. And the thing that really makes me happy about her, she has a great support system around her. This is, I mean, we've seen the stories of younger wrestlers, and sometimes things go sideways because it's, sometimes it's just not a good support system. She has, like, the best support system. Her shout-out to Mouse, who's, like, the absolute coolest guy. The whole big Starks brand thing, which has grown into a whole thing. Which it I is wild imagined. to me how, how big big Starks brand is now. It, it's crazy. And, um, but that's going off the fact, like, Billy herself has improved night and day. I mean, mind you, last spring break, she wrestled Starboy Charlie and, like, kind of, like, the futures match. Mm-hmm. And now she's like doing all these other matches. She's getting booked everywhere. It's, it's to me, I, I'm so happy. I remember. And now she's this, healing it up against Shaza McKenzie. Bully, bully Starks is going to get a bully Starks on me every single time. I, I don't know how else that's going to pop me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, I think this uh, Billy Shaza match was really good. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed uh, Billy's heel work. I enjoyed Shaza being like, uh, you know, being the face, quote unquote, and just getting like tricked and shit, get, getting um, falling for all the heel shenanigans, you know. But also yeah. at the same time, it was funny seeing Shaza like completely shocked by how Billy was. <laughs> like yeah. Shaza is also a very good seller and emotes very well, 
it's very nice. It's like uh, Lauren said, it's great to see her back in the States and really taking over around here because God, I mean, I know she and was we got to watch her bit. beat the shit out of Joey Janela, which was awesome. That yeah, was, was that was like full circle. Joey Janela spring break three to six. In like the span of a few years, and you're like, it felt like Janela. Really it, it felt like during the greatest clusterfuck, Janela was just like pulling s- spots from e- all, like the other spring breaks. The greatest uh, hits, the greatest I, hits. Yeah, I thought that was like Janela's finest work. I'm surprised the blow up, the blow up doll didn't come out. No, uh, Yoshihiko. Yeah, no, no, yeah, Yoshihiko. I was surprised. I was like no, waiting for it. He, anyway, back, we're not we're not here to talk about spring yeah, break. We're, we're, we're talking about Norm. Um, they uh. Billy Stark, Charles McKenzie was really good. I think for me, another highlight was Kobe Durst, Jessica Troy. I thought that match was short, sweet, to the point. Great. Great stuff. Great. And like I said, it was great seeing both of them in Dallas. I know Jessica had her match against Rachel Ellering earlier in the day at that U.S. First the World show for WrestleCon. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Lauren said, why wouldn't you, like this is a wrestler that should have been booked more. I feel, you know, Jessica's a very underrated uh, technical wrestler. I think this was a weekend for her to showcase and get her name out there a little bit more. And I don't know why more promotions weren't able to book her. And good on Mikey for giving that last second booking to her and Kobe too, because they put on a really good match and yeah, I, they killed it hours notice. Really? And yeah, they killed it because because I know they killed it because this is this is around the point where I was like, I was maybe starting to feel a little tired, and then they picked me right back up and snapped me right back into it. This, like this match right. was really good, and it held my attention and made me be like, all right, all right, this card this card's not fucking around, you know. Um, just want to say I, I I never get tired of seeing the workhorseman work. I'm just going to say that. I, I love what the workhorsemen do. I know this is not like their best work. And I think, again, this is kind of. This tag like, match was fine. Apered. But, like, the workhorsemen, I've seen them put on some fantastic matches in the past. It, it's it's great to see JD Drake and Anthony Henry tag team once again. I, th- uh-huh. I thought they're one of the better tag teams on the Indies, just very unsung heroes of the work. And I mean, the team of Davey Richards, Speedball, Mike Bailey. Talk about a zany tag team match. Can, first time ever. Can we talk about Mike Bailey? The what, MVP he, nine the matches? Yeah, right? He, Something like that? Ridiculous. He's making... He's, this man... Like, how does he... How did, how did he keep going this weekend? Did Unbelievable. Did the $5,000 go to him and Bandito? It was, I think it was like <laughs> split. Like, yeah, it did. The 5000 went to the two. Or it was 2500 each. Sure. So that's how he kept going. <laughs> that's fair. But, like, damn, dude. Bailey was all over the place this weekend. He was wrestling everywhere. And that's a all guy. Of his, and all of his matches were at least good. Like, it is ridiculous how he just kept going and going and going. Hey, Mikey, isn't it like what you said a while ago where you're like i think he signed a deal with the devil to not have me, a bad match me and batista on this show <laughs> on independent waters every time we see a mike daly match we are convinced he has signed a deal with the devil that where he is physically cannot have a bad wrestling match it is impossible for mike bailey to have a bad wrestling match we are convinced it is ridiculous how good I this guy is it. i mean i believe it's unfair. it's unfair to see like 
and the matches that he had this weekend, just to talk about Bailey in general, were, you know, up and down the different styles and different style of opponents. Like, you know, he He is so versatile. Just I, I'm disappointed that we didn't get the PCO match because I think that would have been just insane just that some just of the crazy. spots between the both of them and what he could have done with PCO. But I mean him and Jordo put on a good match. I can't or uh argue that. But the tag match, this this tag match was fun. I mean, the crowd got into it once the opening riffs of Brass Monkey dropped. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's always going to happen. But I can't talk enough about Bailey either. And I Bailey's uh, ridiculous, man. It's unfair. I was I got I remember getting watching my first Mike Bailey match and being like, "This is a guy I." cannot i could and after that first match like for maybe a week i couldn't stop thinking about it i was like i did a uh what this is all the way back when mikey's indy 500 was a thing which was like the precursor to this show i guess mm-hmm. uh which is it basically just did a like a handful of matches and i reviewed them by myself uh and one of the ma- first matches i did was mike bailey versus Walter from riptide and that match still sticks with me to this day because this was, I think this is when I finally, like, also this is, like, when I got my foot into independent wrestling, because that match was the first time I've had such a visceral and, like, emotional reaction to a wrestling match. At the end of Bailey Volter, I was in actual literal tears. Like, I was bawling my eyes out, and that was the first time wrestling has done that to me in a very long time. Because this was, like, when I was just around the point where I was, I, I, was, I felt stuck with WWE. Mm-hmm. And seeing that match, like made me be like, right, wrestling is good. Like, wrestling rules, and it doesn't have to be this garbage all the time that, I, that WWE is shoving down my throat. It could be good, and it could be great, and it could be Mike Bailey versus Walter, and it could make me cry like a baby. Uh, and that's why I like Mike... Anyway, that's why I like Mike Bailey. Uh, <laughs> because, man, ball, since, since then, since then, I just could not get Mike Bailey off my mind, and he has just been killing it ever since, and every single match I've seen him in has been an absolute banger so- and a half. Some of my favorite Bailey matches were his uh, run in CZW against AR Fox. Oh man, those were so good. Uh, Bailey versus Keith Lee from Progress was another yeah. really good one. That uh, one, that one fucked. I remember uh, Bailey. Starting... Bailey and Matt Riddle had an awesome match as yes. well. Yes, um, yes, they did. I remember first getting into him. This is really bizarre, but it was when the former WCPW now known as the defunct defiant defiant yeah they had that pro wrestling world cup and speedball was on team canada and i i forget who he faced the kyle o'reilly he faced that was fantastic that was i we we literally just watched that match last week on independent waters oh my god we just watched that match yeah because we did that we did the we did the marty snow interview and we asked him for one match recommendation before he left and he recommended that match to us and we watched it and it was phenomenal it's so good it is so good so uh, so anyway, back to Norm. I guess, <laughs> so, yeah. We, we, we gushed about Bailey, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. this match was the Mike Bailey's tag match was fine. It was yeah. good. it did its job. Uh I want to talk about Big Domo versus Warhorse. Cause hey, I baby. I'm a big Warhorse mark. I love Warhorse. 
Um, like, ever since I saw him for the first time, I was hooked. Like, I was like, this is my kind of stupid, like, I love stupid shit like this. Like, just a guy who bangs his head on the turnbuckle and is like, long hair, rock and roll, just talks in all caps. I'm like, I love this man. Uh, and I, I really liked War Horse's match. Like, it was, it, it felt like a War Horse match, and it felt good, and it, uh, he, he may have lost, but like, it was still, I think, I thought it was still pretty good. I think BLP brings out the old Warhorse and Warhorse whenever he has a BLP match it feels like you know Warhorse from like 2019 2020 when he was mm. still still you know a decent wrestler but like he was he he, he leaned into the comedy pretty yeah. much yeah. Uh, a little bit so like this every time he goes to BLP I feel like he leans into that side a little bit more than say, And that's the that's the Warhorse I like Let's then compare it to him in Glory Pro, where he's part of Team Ambition with Davy Richards, and he's a little bit more. He's still in the face paint and everything. He's more serious. He's more serious. Mm-hmm. He's more you know fine tuned in his wrestling. I, I think when it comes to like Woolhurst itself, a lot a lot changed for him since that Cody match on uh, Dynamite. Yeah, and I, and I think you know a lot of you know hard conversations happen. And it's nice seeing him progress as an entering worker, but I'm also glad that he didn't fully shy away from what gave him the popularity um, mm-hmm. and this character's that. So it was nice to see that come out here in this match. I think uh, Big Dama was the perfect opportunity for him, you know, because he was going to get thrown around by him. He was going to get, you know, slammed into turnbuckles. So he was able to, you know, dial into that a little bit more than I would say than he has been in recent uh, months. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with that. Lauren, any thoughts on uh, the Warhorse um, match? It was good. I mean, yeah, I think Sean really kind of hit everything on the head with him. Yeah, with BLP. I remember seeing him at BLP when he was first kind of getting over, but he wasn't, like, at that top-tier level yet. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, Warhorse, this Midwest guy, he seems kind of cool. Ooh, he rules ass. He does all this <laughs> he stuff. He rules ass. And um, he seems to kind of be more into that, yeah, he, he's more into that with BLP, but I mean, yeah, Big Damo, I mean, another guy I remember, and from WCBW as well, another guy from <laughs> that era of things, and um, it was good to see him, I mean, it, it, his new look is, his new look is- I kind of, I kind of missed the Van Halen one, like- The hair, I, I miss all the locks of hair, it's like gone now, and I'm like, where did that guy go? But I guess- with new and greener pastures, things change. So it was good to see Damo in this one. Um, yeah, it was a good warhorse match, though. I agree. Yeah, uh, I also really, I also really enjoyed the uh, the fatal four way. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a, a a solid point in the night. I thought that was a good match. It did its job. It like it got me back into it a little bit because it was mm-hmm. just like fun high flying shenanigans, you know. And and then also uh, Black, Black Taurus was just wrecking people. Uh, the begin the opening of this match was very funny when Zane, Zane had the yeah. big red coat and yeah. he was like, "Oh, hey!" <laughs> like that was hilarious. Yeah. That's a guy who didn't get as much bookings during the weekend, Alex Zane. I was kind of surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I, don't know why. I agree. It was surprised that. I mean, he did have that phenomenal opener on Supercard of Honor, which swear, but like, I need to watch Supercard of Honor still. Fantastic, but aside from the fact, Zane is a guy I've always enjoyed watching. I never get tired of him. 
Yeah, same same for me. Same for me. Uh, that's that's Blake Christian for me. Blake Christian is a guy I never got watching. Same. I will say both of them got their legs back under one another after getting the release from WWE. It's finally nice to see them back. It feels like they're back to themselves. Yeah, they're yeah. back to themselves. So it's nice to see that. And this was a fun match. I particularly enjoyed the comedy aspects of the scramble. Puff me coming too. out with the sleeping uh, <laughs> bag. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty good. Cody Lane getting put in the sleeping bag. Oh, God. I love Cody <laughs> I, Lane. I love the five-way sleeper hold. <laughs> Me too, yeah. Dan, uh, the dad. Dan the dad is great. He's that guy who has somehow found his way as a comedy wrestler, and, and his comedy sticks. Because you've seen comedy wrestlers come and go, and in the modern era, you don't really see an emphasis on that. But mm-hmm. the end of Dad is somehow kept it fresh. I was going to recommend the Glory Pro match. Well, because Dad, it's because Dad humor and stuff like that is like yeah, at an all time high now. Like Dad, like the like like think about the popularity the Dad bought. Thanks very much. By the way, I needed that self esteem boost. Uh, uh, and think about like how like how people are like groaning about Dad jokes all the time, right? Like like Dan the Dad saw that and was like got it like and that's where he went um, and that's where he stuck and that's where uh he succeeded because that's where he saw he saw he saw that all that stuff is popular and he went for it and he's become and he's become great at being uh wrestling's dad Ethan Page would like to have a word with you because he claims that he came up with it for him wait who was it yeah ethan page oh yeah i, I heard <laughs> that story he had oh, a match okay. in BLP for the rights to Dan the Dad's uh, character back. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. that. That's yeah. funny. Um, I was gonna say the other Dan the Dad match. I just, I mean, I don't know if anyone's covering Glory. Oh, actually, the How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling ladies are talking about. Yeah, Glory yeah. Zach, Zach and Zach and How to Talk to Your Friends About Wrestling. Um, that show. They're probably gonna talk about the Cody Lane Dan the Dad match, which I thought was the best match of that show. Just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. It was lighthearted uh, and exciting. So yeah. Yeah, speaking of Zach, uh, I forgot to mention, obviously he's not here, uh, wow, because bummer. we, just real, just real, I, I was gonna throw it into the beginning, and then I completely forgot. Zach, um, the invisible man for a hot but the, <laughs> So the reason Zach's not here is because uh, we decided that we would split up, uh, we, we had a lot of guests, and we want, and a lot of guests wanted to watch a lot of different wrestling shows, and me and Zach didn't think we were gonna be able to watch, like, I think it was like, eight or ten shows that everyone wanted to watch all together. Mm-hmm. So we were like, here's what we're going to do. Let's split it up a little bit. Uh, so Zach, Zach took a handful of shows. I took some shows. And then we're going to do an episode together later in the week. Uh, go, go check out Zach's episode, which is coming out on Friday. And then uh, the one with the the normal Indie Waters crew, me and Zach, will be back uh, on Sunday to talk about uh, a few other shows. But we'll get to that later. Let's finish talking about Norm. What did we think about the main event? It was it was fine. Fine. I mean, I, I think I'm glad about the other one you thought. I I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I was not. I was. I have only seen Levi Everett in comedy matches. So when they were like, "Yeah, Levi Everett's here and he's in a Texas Death Match," I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, they 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 treat Levi a little bit more seriously in BLP, which is very odd to me because uh-huh. you know AIW. GCW, he's more GCW. He's more in like scrambles, multi-man matches, mm-hmm. and then you turning have butter, him yeah. in yeah, turning the butter, and then he shows know, up, does his spots, and he leaves. Does his spots and leaves. Um, this was 
interesting. And, and he's not a bad wrestler in any means. It just didn't feel right seeing him do all this. It felt, I, yeah, it, it, felt it felt weird. Dirty. It was like, it was like, damn, this, it, it, at points I was like, okay, this match is getting intense. And then I would look at Levi Everett and be like, oh yeah, there's like just a random oh. Amish guy in the ring. <laughs> Like, man, no, as sure. Levi Everett. A man knows Levi Everett. Yeah. I don't I know. know. I, I kind of, I part of me wishes he would just get some gear. <laughs> that's that's uh, not his, I mean, like, he has his know. gear. I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, you, was you, say got you got me there. You got me there. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? No, like, I, I, like I, I, I wish for, like, bigger matches like this. And you he, know he, he had, like, an actual, like, gear, gear. The funniest thing about this match in particular, this is like three or four years in the making because yeah, beef, really, yeah, beef attack with the help of Mickey Please Knuckles explain. attacked. Oh my god, Levi Everett right. after a match, like they, I think they were tagging. They lost. Mickey came out and told Beef to attack him, and Beef did, and then That's nothing wild. happened. Wild, yeah, no, literally, like it, nothing. Mat- it was two. It was two years in the making. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, and then certain, nothing happened. Is what it was like got COVID. Me. It was during COVID, like Mickey Knuckles made a random appearance at Black Label to the uh, pop of very little. And it's like, oh, yeah, like there's this rivalry. And it's like, oh, we're going to do like a Texas death match. And I'm like, two years later. Oh, <laughs> this one to settle it all. This one to settle it all two years later. Uh, and of course, Lee Everett did end up winning. Uh, yeah, no, was... good for him. I mean, I'm happy the two of them got this main event. I mean, again, story. Cool. It felt, I will say, as the main event, it felt weird to me. Uh, yeah, as the main event, it felt weird. But, like, you lost your title match. I don't – I mean, you could argue maybe you could put another match in that spot. Maybe the tag match, not the six-man tag, but, like, Workhorseman and Davey and uh-huh. Mike Bailey. Yeah. But, like, I feel just because, like, the cleanup aspect of it, they just wanted to end with the big That's That match. makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Let, let the Texas death match go last so you don't have to worry about rushing to clean it up. That make, that does make exactly. a lot of sense in terms of production. Uh, but is there anything else anybody has about this card that you want to talk about particularly? Like I said, just a very bad time slot. Yeah, yeah it's just, I, it, even watching this at Sunday morning, it felt it was... long. It just, um, I mean, again, BLP. I mean, it's it's fun to have them in the GCW collective line. It just was not the right time slot, but there was still some good stuff in this. It just, I agree. It, there was just that weird. It was a, really a tale of two halves. Yeah, with the show. Yeah. yeah, it was. It, there was parts where it felt like it dragged down. Then there was other parts where I was like, "I'm into this. This is cool. This is cool." Mm-hmm. They're doing like, I feel like that's that's kind of been from all the from the BLP stuff I've seen. That's kind of been like my same feeling is like, yeah, some stuff rules and other stuff is like. Blah. I don't think this is hidden. Like I don't know. Yeah. And the thing is, like, why, why does BLP need to have ten plus match cards all the time? Like. Yeah, I mean, I know Beyond does it too, but Beyond's hit different, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, it does. If you look at how they run their shows in FET with the four-way tag matches, like you get into parts where the show flows correctly. I yeah. don't think with some of the BLP shows, I don't think they flow right. Yeah, no, I, I, I that issue. I agree with you on the Beyond thing. Uh, we've watched a ton of Beyond it for Independent Waters. That's kind of like one of our go tos when we don't like. We're like, we're like, fuck. Where do we get? A, I don't know what match I want to watch. Do we get uh, Beyond Wrestling? What do you got? That's new, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every match I've seen of Beyond has been decent, and it 
I don't, I feel like a lot of them go very smoothly and aren't very clunky at all. Like, uh, there's, like, there's been a couple of tag matches where I've been very impressed by how well it, all the spots go and how well they flow through the match and how nice it all is. I will say this past run of Beyond shows made me fall in love with, uh, Meal Cool Generation, uh, and, oh god. God, I slipped the other tag team name slipped from my mind, but uh, Trayvon Jordan and uh, yeah, I forget their tag team. Uh, I, I wish I could help you, but I, I didn't see the most recent stuff. I'm sorry. No, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, while you're looking that up, uh, uh, Lauren, you want to give me your like your your uh, your rating for low, BLP Norm? Low meh. Um, low meh. It's just. Again, tale two halves. I mean, the first half of the show definitely was more attention grabbing, mm-hmm. but again, it's just tapered off and then it just kind of sunk a little bit. But again, um, there's highs, there's lows, there's stuff that'll stick, there's stuff that won't. Um, more Jessica Troy in the states, please, 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 Agreed. please. Hard agree. Uh, Jessica um, Troy needs to be doing more matches. <laughs> yeah, uh, arm collector, duh. Um, Barbarian Tankman was a very serviceable opener. I want to see. I, I agree. It was a that was a very good. I think that was, I think uh, a big hoss match was a great way to start this card. I off. mean, it's barbarian for one. The guy, like, if you want a guy to pop your crowd, you go to him. I mean, he he'll take the crowd shots. He'll he'll heckle the crowd. He'll do all this stuff, and you're like, why isn't there more of that in wrestling these days? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Totally. Uh, Sean, any any luck? Waves and curls. Nice. Oh, waves and curls. Thank you. And I will give this a meh. Um, It had its moments. I can't give it a low meh because, like, what hit hit really good, obviously what didn't, for the most, I mean, not everything hit bad, but some stuff did. Mm -hmm. Um, Very fun first half of the show, though. Um, That kept me uh, sports entertained. <laughs> uh, I think I think I'm with you here, Sean. Uh, I'm gonna go with the man. I thought it was pretty solid. Like you said, what whatever hit hit, and then there there was some stuff that didn't. But uh, the the stuff that I feel like the stuff that hit a little bit to me outweighed the stuff that didn't. Same. Um, and I all in all, it was an enjoyable show. So I'm gonna give it a man as well. Um. All right. Well, that is both of the shows we were talking about this week. That's everything we were covering uh, as uh, on this special episode of Independent Waters uh, for the collective. Next episode, you should tune in, uh, which comes out in two two days on Friday, uh, where Z- my co-host Zach Batista, who again isn't here, but it will be on Friday, uh, with special guests such as uh, Amanda and Ashley from How to Talk to Friend About Wrestling. Uh, we got this. Y'all are gonna hate what the hell is Curtis's last name? Curtis, um, uh, I don't fucking remember. I always uh, it's just Curtis. Let's go with Curtis. Yeah. Uh, uh, Amanda and Ashley from How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling. Uh, Curtis from uh, Okada Shorts here on the Countout Network. And uh, uh, Ryan Knightsey. Duh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, who is who is Zach Batista's third guest? I, I can't wanna, remember. Curtis Spears. Curtis Spears. Thank you. Thank you. End of end. Yeah, and of course, Zach's uh, other guest is none other than uh, Ryan Knightsey, uh, and they're going to be talk. Uh, they're going to be talking about Glory Pro 
Bloodsport 8, and the, the third show, and for the culture, thank you. Uh, wow, I'm so glad you know this better than I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're going to be talking about those three shows, so if you want to go uh, hear what those three shows are all about, uh, check out the next episode coming out on Friday. And and uh, on Sunday, uh, me and Zach are going to be back to normal with just just us, and we are going to be talking about our some of the shows we want to check out from the collective, The World on Lucha, Big Gay Brunch, and Spring Break. Uh, so go check that out on Sunday and stick with us all week for more collective coverage and fun reviews. Uh, anything? All right. Uh, so let's get to the plugs now that uh, now that mine are out of the way. Sean, what do you got? So on Monday, I released my review of Super Card of Connor. Uh, it was a great, <laughs> still a very good name. <laughs> I know. Never will get old of it. Ring of Connor, you know all that stuff. Ring of I Connor, yeah. The Tony Khan puns with Ring of Honor. <laughs> I talked about that show, and then yesterday I was part of. Hot Shakes and Hand Dogs on the Mr. Warren Hayes YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you roll that back? Yeah. Hot Shakes and Hand Dogs. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about a little bit uh, more of our favorite moments from all of WrestleMania weekend on the independent scene, not just the collective. So check that out. Plus, uh, I might have an article on the, some must-watch matches from uh, Media Weekend, collective especially. Which you can find on canoppod.com. Yes, you can. Lauren, what do you got? So, Your Dose of Death podcast. Um, I'm going to be kind of doing like an introspective of all the death matches that happened during Mania Week. I know we did talk about Planet Death. Knowing, knowing our, after, after the schedule we just talked about earlier, it's kind of weird. I feel like it's weird that we're plugging Your Dose of Death that also came out today. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, no, I'm not, I'm not saying don't plug it. I just but, think it's funny. But... There is bigger news. Um, I know if any of you saw my Twitter, I have been in negotiations for um, a co-host of Your Dose of Death. Right? We, we did have some we, talks about that. We're we, not going to we reveal yet. talks in negotiations. We're going to give them a nice Cody Rhodes-esque WrestleMania return. Or I should say entrance of sorts. Entrance, with yeah. Pyro and all that. But anyways. Is that in the budget? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Budget. It's in the budget. It's in my T-shirt. Budget. I'll make. I'll make. I'll make sure it's in the budget. Yeah. No, it's you no. Know, it's in the merch budget. That's. It's, it's in about. the merch budget. Yeah. Um. But you know. Anyways, I'm really excited for you guys to for me to reveal my co-host soon enough. Um. And um. Yeah. Next year, does a death episode along with Planet Death. I'm gonna be kind of doing like a review of all the other death matches. There were some good ones. Um. Again, Mania weekend. There was a lot going on, and um. Just happy that there's it was a substantial amount of crowds. Uh-huh. This time around, and um, yeah. Also, just make sure if you want to pick up merch, go to Deathmatch Worldwide, and also be on the lookout for a potential new merch design. Wink, 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 wink. Uh, yes. Uh, so obviously, uh, go check out uh what everyone's doing. Lauren's YDUD episode should have dropped with this one if if I did everything correctly. Um, uh, and of course, Sean's stuff should already be out. So go check all that stuff out. And uh, go keep keep listening to Independent Waters for the rest of this week. We got a lot of episodes coming. We got more GCW collected to talk about, uh, and more special guests to welcome onto the show. So don't go away. Stick around. Uh, and I this is weird doing the sign off without Zach. Um, uh. So so this is where I would usually say, uh, 
there's a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there, and then you guys would respond, and then Zach would usually respond with, so never stop exploring. Are you sitting now? Uh, if you want to, if you want to do that, we can. Uh, I just feel like it'd be wrong to end, end, end an episode without it. So, uh, with all the things out of the way, remember there's a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there, and never and stop, exploring. stop exploring. Nailed it! Bye, everyone. <laughs>